Well, episode two of season three of the Ricky Gervais Show, with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Hello there. And Carl Pilkington. All right. What's been going on? What's been going on? I've been to hospital. I was rushed to hospital, right, emergency and that. Had a uh, tube put on my knob. You had a tube put up your knob? Yeah. What was the story? Uh, kidney stones. Oof. So, shouldn't really be here, to be honest, doing this. He said rest. And that. Climbing them stairs on the way in. To be quite honest, it doesn't look like you're expending a lot of energy at the moment. It's it's like at Zuki, we're going, all oh, that sloth move today. Calm down. Yeah, but I had to get here. It's been raining. Yeah. I had to come up the stairs. I had to carry the computer. Yeah. Well, that's not entirely true because your girlfriend was carrying it. I saw her outside. Yeah, but but I'm just saying. And, oh. then, you, and then you handed it to me and said, Steve, God carry almighty. this. So. Yeah, I know. That's already a lie. Christ almighty. Whinging. Not whinging. I'm in show business. I know loads of people that wake up every day with a sore knob, feeling like they've had their kidneys probed. And they, they, you know, they would say they're unconscious. So they yeah. don't whinge about it. They get straight back onto it. They, you know, <laughs> a lot of them on TV now. Yeah, straight back to hosting game shows. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at the hospital. So tell, take us through the take us through the events because it does sound quite dramatic. You started feeling a bit of pain, did you initially? I felt a bit of pain, and I thought, you know, maybe I just pulled a muscle or something would have been. Wrestling with Ricky and that, because mm. you don't know what damage is being done. <laughs> uh, so I just think, oh, it'll go in a minute, and then it didn't. It got a bit badder. It did. It, it got badder, did it? So then got I thought, I, lo- oh, I, I was I was crippled. I was lying on the floor in agony, looking on the internet, looking for a sort of still solutions. looking at monkey news. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was just I just put in like belly ache and stuff, and they were saying <laughs> it can be loads of different things, um, and I. What I used to do when I was a kid, I used to always just get a cold ashtray and put that on my belly. And the coldness used to get rid of the badness. <laughs> Amazing. The coldness got me. Well, what? Like a witch doctor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This, this, this is like... A witch doctor happens to work in a pub. It's like some sort of 5th century remedy <laughs> yeah. written in mud. <laughs> yeah. Coldness doth get away with the badness. Yeah. Uh, Why specifically an ashtray? Just because they were they sort of old cold. <laughs> They're old cold. What? I don't know what this is. I, it's, I love this idea that he's, he uh, he's had the operation and he comes round and they're talking to him and uh, his his girlfriend gets a phone call and go, and, and they say, oh, Mr. Pilkerton's maybe complications. He's just talking rubbish. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. goes, Oh, good. Yeah, he's back to his old self. <laughs> yeah. What? 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 Is it, why specifically an ashtray? Sorry, because it's old cold. I understand it's old it's, cold. Oh yeah, we understand. We understand every, <laughs> everyone who's done a medical degree understands old cold. But but uh, <laughs> old yeah. old cold belly badness. <laughs> if you want to buy that book, old cold belly badness. It's uh, uh, the, the yeah. history of abdominal surgery by Carl Pilkington. No, it just. You know, if, so if but you, you put it in the freezer or something first. You can do if you want, but they're normally cold anyway. <laughs> sort of thick glass, and that it holds the cold. But we're not smoking our house, so I had to use a plate. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's madness. A plate's not going to work. Pla- Famously, a, pla- a plate oh doesn't God, work. God, no. Oh, God. So you put a, a, a you put a plate on your belly, but that didn't yeah, do any. No, that, 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 that didn't yeah. work. So uh, called Suzanne and said, "Oh, I'm in agony." Yeah. She said, "Go to the doctor's then." Good advice. So a lot of people have done that straight away, as opposed <laughs> to going through the plate 
Ashtray. Ashtray. <laughs> so he got into hospital and he went to hospital and he said, have you got an ashtray? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went, no, no, this, an ashtray. this is no smoking. <laughs> so anyway, so then we get in a cab and what have you, go there, I have an x-ray. His voice is even more boring than usual, it's isn't it? isn't it? Yeah. Fuck me. And they put me on a drip and everything, give me some morphine and stuff, and found out that I had kidney stones. So that's why I was in hospital. And they get them out by... I can't even... I don't know what's gone on, to be honest. I've got some tube inside me, from my kidney to my bladder. That's helping me stuff get about. And so there's a little tube up the end of your knob into your... Yeah, it's not there now. It's right... It's high up. Right. So it's high up between my kidney and my bladder. But why didn't you have the thing where they go in the side? You had the choice to... Because I said to the doctor, I said, I'm not a doctor. I said, what do you he think? He went, stop putting yourself down, <laughs> yeah. Carl. Said, we need you in the operating <laughs> theatre now. He just said, you know, I said to him, what, what should I have done? Because he said, if you want, go home um, and we'll get you in again or something. Uh, something like that. And I said, no, I might as well have it done properly. Have it done now whilst I'm here. Sorry, but the choice was have it done properly or go home. It was it was something like that. He said, he said there's, there's something you can do. And I said, oh. Flush it out. Um, no, because it's too big. It's something like seven millimetres. And it was, it's basically because you don't drink enough water. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I said, what do you think I should have done? And he said, tube up the knob. And I said, mm, not my favourite one of the choice, but if you, if that's what you think. So he said, yeah, have that. He did me little diagrams, which didn't help. <laughs> he was, like, showing... How big like, did he draw your knob? Uh, <laughs> sort of normal size. Yeah, was yeah, it? It was all right. You weren't offended by uh, them. But he wanted into detail. It's just, you know, more the tube and stuff and your yeah. bladder and your kidney. What was your ball bag like? Did he draw that? He didn't did... do that bit. He left that bit out. Okay, right. But, um, but he said, <laughs> we'll just pop that up there. And uh, and then that's when Ricky turned up to visit. He uh, came in laughing at me because we sat there in, like, me underpants and stockings. <laughs> In yeah, stockings? Yeah, yeah. Why were you dressed He was there. Him? No, he wasn't in bed. He was sort of out of bed with his little drip, right? He had his little boxer shorts on, just sat there, right, in his pants, right? And he had stockings on. Yeah, because they stop clots or something. They put them on your legs. It's like, you know, when people have got big veins and they go on a plane. Right, yeah. Uh, you said you're not a doctor. No, but I've I've seen it because Suzanne's mum did it, and it was she put them on ridiculously early, like three days before we were going away, and like, <laughs> she'd, she'd never been away before, and it, everything was like over the top. Do you know what I mean? She's like, I best put them on. And, uh, so so I put them on, and they like I don't know what it is. It's something when you're in, when you're under, your blood doesn't move about the same, right? And it can clot up in your leg, so you wear these tight tights. And I came in to cheer him up, didn't I? Yeah. Was that a nice cheery experience, him coming in? Uh, I had a headache at the time. I think I was a bit stressed out. Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, just a man you want at that, at that point. Yeah. Uh, he reassured you, I imagine. Well, it, it's weird how it suddenly all happened quick. It was like, as soon as he came in, it's like they got the finger out. And when I say Not that, literally. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, suddenly I was being rushed down to, you know, have me stuff done. And uh, I woke up and there was an Irish woman over me going, are you all right? Are you all right? And I said, oh, it's stinging a bit. She said, I'll give you some more morphine. And I sort of put my head up to have a look at my tackle because I wanted to see... If it was still there. ...what what was attached to it. Do you know what I mean? Because they said something about they might leave some string hanging out of it so they can pull the tube out. It makes you talk. So, uh, <laughs> so I, had a, I had a look for that. Couldn't couldn't see any of that. Yeah. Uh, 
But as you put the morphine in, all the muscles in your body go funny. My head just collapsed. (laughs) (laughs) Your head collapsed? Yeah, I sort of looked up to look at my stuff, but then she said, oh, you just need a little bit of morphine. And she put that in, and I just sort of went, And then uh, they sent me home about two hours after. But I'm in agony now, and... uh, Are you in agony right now as we speak? Yeah, certain. Now... Are you a man who's had this kind of hospital experience before? Is this your whole first go. time? I don't go do it to hospitals and stuff because I don't like them messing about. Uh, but it does make you think now, do you know what I mean? Like, life and everything. From I mean, it's weird how it's all happened in the last month from seeing that bee sort of die. No, no. Well, not really. No, you, no, 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 no. This is not a near-death experience. It is you a had a routine bit. operation to remove kidney stones because you don't drink enough water. No, I know, but... This is not a shark attack. Yeah, but it's all it's all uh, life-threatening, otherwise you wouldn't have to fill out forms, would you, saying if everything goes wrong, Suzanne can have the house or whatever. And then you, you find out more about the body as well, which has been sort of doing me head in a bit. You're more aware of stuff in your body, which I don't like knowing about. Yeah. They keep taking your heartbeats and stuff, mm. and your blood pressure. I don't like knowing about that. I just, like, leave it. It's happening. Don't be messing with it. Stop measuring it. <laughs> Stop measuring it. No, do you know what that's I mean? Same with no, the it's, knob. It's, it's that thing of, of like, they put that thing That's on. what the anaesthetist was doing when you were under, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. He was comparing the diagram to the actual thing. Oh, God. The fella across the way from me had had the same thing as me, but he'd had it a couple of days ago when he was in agony. So that doesn't help when he's saying, oh, I've been to Ellen back. Like, don't tell me that. <laughs> sure. I don't want to know. Just say it was, it was all right and stuff. So uh, it just, the, the whole thing of a hospital is stressful. You know what I mean? They wake you up like every half an hour in the night, saying, "How do you feel?" It's like, "Oh, what? you know, it's half past three. What are you doing?" <laughs> uh, I've got to have it done again in a couple of weeks because um, what they've done now they've popped pop that straw up, but the stone's still in there because they didn't have the laser team in with them. Blast the stone, and then that time they're probably going to leave a little bit of string out the end. Then they have to go about three days later and they pull it out. Tell you what, though, when you are sort of... Because when you're in hospital, you've got a lot of time just to sit there and think about stuff. And uh, what I was thinking about is, what is the closest thing to sort of living that's nothing? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> what? What's, like, the closest... Like, do you know, at some point, something's gone from nothing to something, hasn't it? No, I don't know. I don't understand what you mean. Something at at some point, people were nothing, and then something happened, and they were something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But they were never you, nothing, you, were they? Do you mean what is the 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 first and lowest and most primitive and most simple form of life? No, he's so, right here in this room. Mick. <laughs> say, say like when you look at a, a stick insect, right? You go right. There's a slight crossover there from a stick to a living thing. No, it's not. It didn't used to be a no, stick. No, 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 it's not. There's no, there's no, there's no biological relationship between it and a stick. But there, there isn't much difference between the two, is what I mean. Of course there is. It's a huge there isn't. difference. They just, they just sit there looking like a stick. That's their skill. Yes, but there's nothing to do with being a stick. It's, it's like camouflage. That's like saying when a soldier puts on combat gear, you go, you're saying he's a cross between a human and a shrub. <laughs> He's not a cross between a human and a shrub. No, is but, he? That's, but that's that's man-made from a distance. Stuff. You can't see him. 
That's the same as the stick insect. No, but that isn't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, have you seen them weird things that just look like... They, they, they sort of look like a leaf. Yeah, there are insects that, look, that, that have evolved to look like a leaf. So a bird thinks, oh... There's no, there's no tea there. No, that's not I, a juicy insect. It's a leaf. I don't eat leaves. Yeah, but Forget it. At some point, something has had it away with a leaf. No. What? At to... no point has something had it away with a leaf. No, to make it look that much like no. a leaf. No. <laughs> <laughs> at no point did a beetle shag a leaf. There's nothing on a genetic level or molecular level, uh, anything to do with it having anything to do with a stick or a leaf. It's superficial. It's the way it looks. That's all it... It, that's like saying chameleons must have mated with green once. They are green. No, but it what, looks like a leaf. What I don't understand is it has evolved to blend in perfectly with its surroundings and fool predators. But then, how does it meet? How does it have relationships? It will be going around, sort of having it away with a leaf. <laughs> No, it won't, because it doesn't know what it looks like. It doesn't matter. They do it with pheromones and attraction, and uh, it, it's not like they, uh, it, it, you know, um, a stick insect will be talking to a stick for ages and go, oh, I've wasted my time here. This club's dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rude. I was chatting to her. She was foxy, but she was giving me nothing. But, Dave, that's that's not a stick insect. That's a stick. What are you talking about? That's a stick. You've been talking to a stick all night. I, thought, oh, I can't believe it. I just thought she had a great, slim figure. No, no, it's actually a real stick. But I've been, I've been reading a lot about, you know, I like spiders and stuff, just reading about them. Mm. Uh, and there's one, right? Mm. It's got big legs. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't use them. Um, it goes around floating in the air on a bit of webbage. Um... <laughs> Like he just took a gamble then, didn't he? He took a gamble, he thought, do you know what, I'm going to go with webbage. Don't know if it's a word, not sure, but I could just say web, and I'm going to go with webbage, I'm going to risk it. And it didn't pay off, did it? <laughs> webbage! Webbage! But that's how it gets about, it's in the air like a kite. Yeah. It's just floating about. I've seen one, yeah. So, that's what I'm saying about weirdness. Mm. The way all that goes on, and this is what I can't get my head round. You you have got your head round. <laughs> but do, do they get ill then? He's <laughs> just for those listening at home. He has just bumped his head against the microphone, trying to mate with it because it's perfectly round. <laughs> this microphone. <laughs> no, but when when I was like, this is what I'm saying. When I was in hospital and stuff, mm. you do think about how others live because insects don't have operations. Uh, are they built better than us? to survive in this world. The trap you seem to fall into again and again and again is you cannot conceive of the fact that insects and animals do not have consciousness and personality and communication. They do not function in the way that humans do. You've seen so many Disney cartoons, you believe them now to have a life and wear bowler hats and go to work. But just in the same way that the cavemen didn't have Flintstone-type cars and have a little house... But you then, can't seem to understand that animals don't work in that way. But what I mean is you're saying that no animals or insects know anything, yet when you see them things on nature programmes where a load of ants are having a walk, there's always one at the front who's leading it all. So one I mean, of them's got to know first. Or there are leaders in, in... Yeah, but the other ants are going, follow him. No, they're not. They're not. They're not vocalising that in any sense no, that you understand it. No, they're not saying follow it. him, but they sort of look as if to sort of say, I'm but going without, this way. Without, without, no, without, without cognitive speaking. reasoning. 
It's not made a conscious decision to act no. in that way. Yeah, but this is when if you a get... bird, if a if a if a raindrop falls on a bird's beak and it moves, it's it moves away because instinctively it's hardwired to be wary of things which drop on its beak in case it's dangerous. It's not thinking, oh crumbs, that's I better get out of the way. It just does it because it's somehow hardwired into it to act that way. But it doesn't stop for a moment and think. Which we don't really, except we then are able to rationalise our, our fears and our actions. Well, I've been watching birds more than insects recently. Oh, in the, okay, in you've last, moved on from In insects. the last week, just because so, I've sort of looked at the ant and the bee and that. And what I've found with pigeons is they've got wings, yet they walk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'd love that to be a thesis, where he got like a, a half a million pounds grant from a university... And I said, well, Pilkington seems to... He's done ants and he's done bees. Um, he's, he's followed ants. Apparently they're not doing anything. Some of them are lazy. Um, he, we are granting him another uh, half a million pounds. Um, he's been working on it for a year. Um, please welcome Carl Pilkington. Carl, what have you found? Well, even though pigeons have wings, they walk a lot. No, but even in times of danger, one was crossing the road and a car was coming, and you'd think that his head would say, best start flying. Yeah, he just walked faster. Well? Well, what's he doing? It was doing stuff, wasn't it? It saved a bit of energy. Takes a lot to take off, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's either that or, you, or you're going to get crushed. Use but it didn't get crushed, did it? Uh, no, I don't think it did, no. There you go, they knew what he was doing, didn't it? Yeah, it just annoyed me, that's all. It's got a... It's got a <laughs> got a power and it's not <laughs> power they're, they're, they're all super powerful all these yeah. animals <laughs> but that's why he thinks of the stick insect as, <laughs> as like that you mentioned earlier that's its power that's its skill like spider-man was bitten by a radioactive spider and now he can solve crimes and, and uh, swing with webs with webbage <laughs> using his webbage whereas yeah stick insects is not it's not a superpower but say if if everything was at the same size as us what would be the best thing to be Say like a tarantula, yeah, and a tiger. What would happen there? To a, a fifteen stone tiger versus a fifteen stone tarantula. Yeah. Well, I'd imagine the fifteen stone tarantula. Right. So it's just weird that, isn't it? It's a good job that they're small. Yet things are getting bigger because we're messing with the world. But it's a ridiculous thing to say, isn't it? Because what would it eat? Fifteen stone. Well, it wouldn't happen anyway because insects have a uh, insects and arachnids and it just. Uh, Invertebrate arthropods in general, they have a um, a critical mass because they haven't got lungs. They breathe through things in their side called spiracles, and if it gets too big, the surface to volume ratio um, isn't big enough to allow it enough oxygen. So the biggest you'll find is like a foot long beetle or something weird that's like big that. Big though, isn't it? Yeah, and that's about as big as they get. So I wouldn't worry it. about it. Mm. <laughs> Again. Based on nothing, he queries not, you. And also, it's not a case that one that will be born too big and can't breathe, it won't happen. That's why they're only that big, because... But it's like fish, isn't it? How they say about a goldfish. Yeah. That thing about a woman who went on holiday and mm. stuck it in a bath. Mm. She came back, it was seven foot. Right, that didn't happen. No, that's a well-known thing about goldfish. No, it's goldfish. not a well-known thing. What? I'll tell you why. Because a fish will only grow to its surroundings anyway. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to put it in a bigger tank. Yeah, in a bath. No, a seven foot fish in a bath. It just fit the bath exactly, did it? When she got back off holiday. Don't talk shit. What was it eating? What was it eating? 
How long was she gone for? Two million years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she went to Mars and back. Yeah. It's just that fish are weird, aren't they? Well, no, there's, <laughs> again, no that's a bollocks story once again. No, I what? don't know where you've heard it or read it. It's a well-known story. A seven-foot goldfish in your bath. But, uh, no, fish are weird. Ted, like you're not going to believe this. Come up here. How many fish do you see that have naturally died? That's the weird thing. What do you mean? Just ping-ponging around these ideas in your mind. You just never see fish sort of just floating about in the water and you go, oh, died of old age. It's always been caught by a man or a shark set it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just see dead fish washed up, do you? When you think Sometimes. of the amount of fish... Not when you think of the amount of fish that are in the sea. There's loads of them. And yet you never... Because they're eaten straight away. The, that's what I'm saying, though. Are they eaten when they're dead? Or are they just being eaten? Well, most things like that don't die of old age. Yeah, that's weird, though, isn't it? Well, no, because it's a... You know, it's a jungle out there. Yeah, no, that's why I said I, oh, I wouldn't want to live in the sea. Because you've got to Are be you old. sure you're not on morphine as we speak? <laughs> No, but you have in the sea. You've got to be constantly sort of alert, haven't you? Yeah, but that's stuff. true of all animals. No, worse than the sea. The sea is like full of. Uh, you've got an enemy around every rock. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it's like a warning to crabs <laughs> exactly. and young squid. It's like, it's, it's, it's like the policeman that comes into your school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give? Okay, then. What advice would you give? Some um, plankton. <laughs> now, what advice would you give um, uh, a, a, a two-week-old octopus? Um, and what am I? Am I an octopus? <laughs> you're, you're you. We've sort of set it up that it can understand you with some sort of... One of your inventions to talk to the animals. One of your brilliant inventions is just to watch your strap on its tentacle and it can understand human talk. Um, you know, but, you know, I'm sure you'll, you'll come up with that one day. Um, what, what do you say to it? What would you say to an octopus, a young octopus, who wants to set out by himself in the sea? Stay, stay close to the rocks. Um, and just let it know about the thing about it can get into a small space. You know, if you look at an owl, don't go, oh, I can't get in there. And sort of squash it. And show itself. <laughs> I can roll it into a ball and sort of say, look at that. Is that hurting? Uh, and, uh, I love the fact that the drugs make no difference. No. It's like there's no difference. Oh, God. Because that's the only thing that that's got in there. It's boneless. So <laughs> that's, its, that's its special power. That's, that's what it. it can do. You can roll it up. And uh, <laughs> as long as it knows that. But that's the problem with a lot of powers, isn't it? That's that's the same thing about how people say don't have a go at bees because they're not like wasps. They don't sting you because once they sting you, they die. That doesn't know that, does it? It's also not true, but yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't know. So it's not like the bees going around going, I'm not going to sting you because I'll die if I do. What's your point there? I don't understand. I'm just saying... We shouldn't, we how, shouldn't how did, dislike bees. How, well, how, did, how do these creatures know what to do? Instinct. I suppose it's like that story you told me about the scorpion, isn't it? It's that, isn't it? What, the scorpion and the frog? Yeah. What, the fable? Yeah. What was it? It was a frog it was a, going... It was a, a, a scorpion needed to get across a, a river, and it said to a frog, can you give me a lift? And the frog said, well, no, of course not, because you'll sting me. You're a scorpion. And he goes, well, no, why would I do that? If I sting you and I'm in the water and you drown, I drown. And the frog went, good point. 
So the frog gives him a piggyback, going across the river, halfway across, the scorpion stings the frog, and the frog's dying. And the frog's going, now I'm going to die, and you're going to die. So why did you do that? And the scorpion said, because I'm a scorpion. What do you think that, that was meant to point out? Just sort of be careful who you help. No. It's meant to point out that you are what you are. You are your nature. No, but it's also that thing of like... Uh, I'm telling you, it's nothing to do with if what the If you're driving no, and, and no. someone's hitchhiking, no. don't pick them up because... No, no. it's nothing to do no. with the mentality or the reasoning or the, 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 the anything to do with the frog at all. I, well, I don't know. I think Aesop was thinking a lot about the hitchhiking problem. It wouldn't happen. That's the problem with a lot of them fables. They're putting animals together that wouldn't meet. Oh, whereas insects go around shagging leaves. Well, insects are with the leaves, whereas I don't know where a scorpion is knocking around with a frog. <laughs> I mean, there's that weird one I remember uh, <laughs> He's watching. Annoyed. I remember hearing something about this lizard that sort of gets pally with the scorpions, even though they're not mates, they don't get on, but they've kind of got this agreement that the the scorpion can live in their house if they guard it, and there's, there's the local people used to stick their hands down these holes and get the lizards to make slippers out of them, and the lizards were getting sick of this, and I think somehow something happened where the lizards thought, look, enough's enough, uh we'll let you sleep in our den if you stand by the door. So the scorpion used to, like, stand by the door and stay awake at night whilst the lizard's having a kip. Fella comes along wanting to make some new slippers, puts his hand down the hole, scorpion gets him. Now, yeah. that's that's what's weird with that, that two it's, enemies have worked together. It's called a symbiotic relationship. But at no point did they sit down and go, right, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what, I'll give you shelter... You give me that sting in case uh, there's a fellow who wants to make slippers. Because all this happened way before people were making slippers. But isn't it weird, though? Because people, there's nothing that happens like that in people, is there? Of course there is. What, like that, where you don't get on but you work with them? Well, of course there is. What? Loads of business relationships. What, what do you mean? No, but Team normally, up, you stay, what I mean is you stay away. If someone's being a bit weird... You know, loads of examples where you might go, well, I hate to do it, but my only option is to go with X, Y, and Z. But what what I'm saying is, though, let me just finish. Go on. I I live in an area where, you know, I sort of know a lot of the locals, and there's a local woman who's a bit mad. Yeah. Now, I know her, but I choose to sort of stay away because it scares you a bit, doesn't it, when something's like that, and it's unpredictable. So, uh, you know, when I was in the little corner shop... She came in, right? Uh, she screams a lot, just screams for the sake of it. And you don't know if, if she's upset or if she's just doing it for attention, then the scream will go from screaming to laughing. <laughs> so you're like, oh, what's going on? And it was like, like rush hour. It was like rush hour time in this shop. <laughs> and she chose to go in then. And she doesn't work, so it was like, why is she coming in now? She's had all day to go in. Mm. Just pick the busy time. <laughs> and she was like about three places in front of me. And she was only buying a Yorkie and some earbuds. Right? And I thought, <laughs> a, lot, a Yorkie and some earbuds? Yeah, and I thought, what's the rush? You've come at the wrong time and you bought stuff that could have waited. You should never have to rush out for a, a Yorkie or an earbud, is what I'm saying. Right? Uh, and I ended up sort of going, oh, I can't stand this. 
and I left. Now, that was me being like I would expect the scorpion to be, or the lizard. I don't know what you're talking about now. <laughs> I have I no don't know idea. Where they are. Okay, so what do you mean? No, I'm just saying how, like, I chose that that woman could be dangerous, so I'll leave, I'll leave her to it. And that's that's where nature kicks in. And you go, I don't want to be here. I don't know what she's going to do. She's unpredictable. I'll pop back later. And then, I'd, you know, I look out, I can see the shop. I saw her go and she was, like, oh. laughing to herself again and trying to climb up some ladders. And I thought, once she's gone, I'll, I'll nick back. <laughs> I don't know what my point was. I don't know. Oh, he's only got to rail it down. That's the jingle for Carl's Diary. We have bacon and egg on toast. I'm eager to get through the brown sauce as the bottle is too big to go in any cupboard. So it has to be left on the sideboard. So I had about four dollops of the stuff. I love the, you know, that made it into the diary. He's concerned about the fact that brown sauce is too big. So he's rushing through it. I know, but I'm just saying the kitchen isn't that big. And it looks messy when you leave stuff out, doesn't it? And we've got this giant brown sauce bottle <laughs> and I don't want to chuck it away because that'd be a waste so you're having brown sauce and everything oh, your cornflakes yeah. in your tea yeah. a wasp got in the flat you know trouble's brewing <laughs> it was massive the biggest wasp ever Suzanne asked me to get it out but I wanted to take a picture of it first <laughs> I was getting my phone ready when it flew at me I reckon the sting on it could have killed a kitten <laughs> so specific it ended up flying out the window on its own <laughs> drama inverted oh god we went out for tea you're always in a cafe that's what you, this diary you're always, you spend so much time in a cafe there were loads of flying ants I kept kicking the table because I could feel them on my legs I wouldn't be that jumpy normally but I still had flashbacks of the giant wasp from the morning <laughs> Suzanne told me to stop being stupid because I was ruining her night out a night out in a cafe <laughs> What was it, her birthday? And flashbacks from an incident. Yeah. Like he's some sort of like war veteran. <laughs> what is it? It's the wasp. It could have killed a kitten. Bought some wallpaper. We got back and got on with it. The wall that we've papered before has got a big mirror under it. We papered on top of it again. I ended up reading my phrase book while Suzanne did the rest of the tidying up. Now, what's your phrase book? I don't, this, is, this is just you trying to master English, is it? It's just a book that tells you little sayings and how they came about. An interesting phrase is potluck. It came about when all people ate is stews. They used to chuck all sorts of stuff into the stew. You stuck your spoon in and sometimes you got something nice like beef or you could end up with a bit of frog. It's potluck. <laughs> Good night, isn't it? That's what it said in the book, did it? A bit yeah. of frog. Got up and checked the wallpaper out. There are loads of air bumps and it's buckled on the joins. I wish we'd never done it. <laughs> Suzanne said the washer was broke and it's out of its warranty. She called up the people who made it and they said it will cost £150 to fix. I don't know how they know that when they haven't even seen it. I want to smash it to bits and see what they can do for it <laughs> as <best> they could. <laughs> so much anger. <laughs> I want to smash it to bits. That'd be great, wouldn't it? 150, you sure? Yeah, Come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just like a cube that's been yeah. through one of those car crushers. Yeah. 150 quid, there's 150 quid, fix it. Yeah. 
I watched the news and calmed down a bit because there was a story about some Siamese twins who are having an operation. They've got two heads, four arms, two legs, one liver. The doctor said they will have one leg each. I felt bad worrying about the washer when people have bigger problems like the Siamese twins. Ricky and Steve asked me to do a poem about one day a week, so I thought I'd do one today. I can't obviously do it justice. I should let the master read it. You've done another poem? Yeah, you said, you know, just just do one. If you have a day where you've had a lot of emotions. Well, I, I loved the poem, and so did uh, the listeners, and I knew they would. So if you can do that every week, that would be a joy well, you for can't, me. You can't force a poem, though. No, I so know. So a diary's easy to do, because you just write down yeah. what you're doing. But yeah. you, you've got to have some really meaty subject matter to be able to write a poem, Rick, as you'll discover. I know. Right, so, you know, you've heard what problems they had that day. Go on, then. Bubbled wallpaper. What a mess. Washer dry and knackered. What a mess. Siamese twins separated. One leg less. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what rhyming scheme that is again. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh... (laughs) Fuck me (sighs) Well there you go That's the end of episode 2 of series 3 of the Ricky Gervais show Um, More next week More drivel, more diary Another poem I hope Maybe Um, Just more news and stuff From me Ricky Gervais Steve Merchant. Goodbye. And Carl Pilkington. Right.